What does it take to create something that never existed before? What does it take to challenge the status quo? What does it take to change the world? This is the Swell Podcast. We're passionate about the seed of an idea and how it swells into a movement. Take a journey with us as we seek the answers to those three questions through the stories of thought leaders, world builders, game changers, disruptors, and other pleasantly rebellious humans who've ventured out into the unknown on a personal journey to do something novel, innovative, creative, or disruptive. In today's episode, we chat with DJ Dolph, who is one of the most in-demand DJs in the high-end market for corporate, private, and special events. He's DJed at events like Pluralsight Live, Domapalooza, Silicon Slope, Sundance, and countless others. He's opened shows for Sierra, Boys to Men, Lil Jon, Weezer, Zara Larson, and way more. We chat with Randolph about his perspective on the experience of music, his ability to read an audience, and ultimately the necessary in-the-moment act of creation that is DJing to facilitate that unforgettable experience of live music. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast, sign up to our newsletter at theswellpod.com, and get in on the conversation through all of the major socials at The Swell Pod. Our first season is made in partnership with Kiln. Kiln provides flex office space solutions for teams and individuals. Their all-inclusive set of amenities helps startups, creatives, and entrepreneurs alike get work done. Learn more about Kiln at kiln.co. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. We'll get into it. So whenever you guys are ready. <laughs> well, well, let's just jump into it right yeah, yeah. there, I think, because I, I love what you were talking about. And even specific. Oh, yeah, we're recording. Oh. <laughs> oh, we didn't even start. So we have a side, but we'll. Okay, we can go back. We can yeah, go back. We, yeah. Let's, let's, so let's, yeah. Um, do you want to kick us off? Well, welcome to the Swell Podcast, <laughs> yeah. uh, Randolph. And D- this is DJ Dolph. Thank you. DJ Dolph. And um, we're do, exa- people, do people, yeah. when, you know, I'm sh- I was thinking about this on the, on the drive over here, like, do people usually say, like, things like, well, you know, when, when you're doing your sets, DJ Dolph is in the house. Like, is, is that it's what so you get funny. a lot? <laughs> I think people get my name wrong more than right. Yeah. And, and, and to be factual, like, yeah. there's a lot of people that grew with me through my process of becoming an entertainer. So they call me DJ Randolph. Some people call me DJ Rolfe. I've DJed for them for years, flown all over the world for them, and they just call me that. And I'm like, all right, it, it is what it is. Or like I have people that spell my name wrong. So there's a there's a gamut of people getting it right, getting it wrong. But there's nothing wrong with it if it's in a positive way. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with a name if it's positive. It's when you start getting into the nuances of, like uh, this is I like this name because it's me and it's like no you can't like really identify yourself like by anything because we don't really know anyway. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're excited to have you, and, and sure. you know I think back to one of the uh, experiences that you designed and and played at, which was uh, Pluralsight Live. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we were, we were both there, weren't we? That's where I we first experienced what it means to be on the dance floor, right? Oh, man. With, with you, with you mixing it so up. So I got yeah. a question for you guys before yeah. you guys like kind of jump yeah. into me. So. We, we met through the experience of a party uh, for Plural Site Live, and that was uh, the last year, so not 2020s, but, but the year previous, yep. and that was the first experience you guys have ever had with me, which is incredible that we're here today through that experience, yeah. and that's how far music takes people. But it's like, what drew you to say, we have to, I'm fascinated now. 
you know, I need to know more. What, what, what is that? You know, what's that moment? What's that like? What, how does that happen? Where's the magic? I, I love that. I think you're the first to have asked a question to us at the start of the podcast, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and let me answer first. I, I think, uh, well, what made it memorable back then? Because it's about mem- mem- you know, just being able to remember things. Yeah. Experiences are so important to just be able to remember. And, and I remember the feeling of that night. I can still transport myself right back to it. Um, and it was a great event, of course, but the it, the music set the tone so beautifully. Uh, and uh, I was impressed actually by the just how the music uh, constantly changed, but didn't you didn't really know barely notice, mm-hmm. it, you, but your body noticed because your body just kept on mm-hmm. um, at the same rhythm and just uh, it was just a great s- seamless you know, musical fest that night. And so I remembered it for that reason and I needed to talk to you that night and I did talk to you yeah, did. Um, and just knew that our paths would cross at some point in the future. Um, and I think the answer, maybe you'd be also giving, I don't know, Josh, around you know, why, why on the Swell podcast, I think it was just yeah. around the ability to be able to, um, I don't know, do a few things like read audiences and I don't know what, what well, yeah. you say. I, so even, so I'll, I'll also say going back to that night, right? There was definitely, yeah, the, the, the emotional connection, I think is kind of, you know, there, there's a memorability to yeah. it. There's a feeling to it. And I think that's kind of what sticks in our mind from, from that evening, right? But also this guy's just, an incredible break dancer like, <laughs> and anytime he gets a chance he'll usually try to whip out a windmill or or, or something i think he, i think you did the worm I, that I, night i'm not I, I can't remember i think it might have been uh, the windmill but it might I have been the windmill i don't know if i yeah. could walk i don't know if i could walk for a few weeks <laughs> afterwards because that was from the 80s it, my my break dancing skills you know well i think the the incredibleness of the night and i appreciate you guys like you know forming this relationship with me through the music and and I'm happy we're here today and we're able to like, you know, like rediscover some of those moments and other things. And it's so crazy because that for that moment for me, I was like uh, opening or opening for Weezer and then coming on after Weezer. I've opened for a lot of people and they brought it so hard that night. And I was like, I have to go back on after these guys. Like that's only thing that was going through my brain that entire set. Like mm. they did such a good job that I got to bring it even harder than they brought it. Cause they were worried. Like the room was like going to die off after. And like the people who were running the event came an hour later and they're like, this is crazy. It's going crazy. Let's keep going. And it was a whole different vibe when other than what they had anticipated. So it's incredible to hear your emotions compared to my emotions at the time. Cause I was like sitting there side stage. I remember them coming on. I was like, all right, I set the tempo. Here they come on hammering anthems. And like, it's, it's different when a band comes on and they're good, but it's different when an anthem comes on and the crowd is like, they're interjecting and it's a whole like, you know, call and response is happening. There's a whole different like system of like, oh man, this is not just a party anymore. I'm a part of like, just like you said, this huge experience and I have to elevate myself. So you, you caught me at a really good time (laughs) as well, because I feel like I play at a pretty high level consistently. Um, But there are moments where you have to turn on the machine. Like yeah. even harder than you thought you could, and th- that was one of those moments for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think so. It's interesting because 
even to go back to why I think, you know, why this moment right now that we felt like it was a good idea to bring, bring you onto the podcast, right? Because yeah, that was an impactful moment. And, and there was definitely this buildup throughout the night, right? Which, which, which I think you explained through your experience. And, you know, when we, when we think about what we're trying to do with this podcast is, you know, we're definitely interested in what it takes to, to create something new, right? But, you know, we have such a, a diverse group of, of people that we've had on the podcast so far. But when we think about specifically you, like there's an entire experience in that, right? And we kind of talked about this for a moment before the podcast, right? But, you know, it's so interesting what you do, because I think as far as how you take change, it's so in the moment, right? It's so in the moment to the point what you were just about to say is like, you have to read the room and you have to change you know, as you're reading the room and you're constantly making, making those changes. But then on, on, on a music level, right, you're taking, you know, you're obviously reading the audience. You're trying to give them the music that, that is probably going to get them to an emotional state that's going to have them jumping, have them bouncing or whatever, right? And, but, you know, the idea of what you're doing when you start to curate all the music, create it and mash it together, put it together, all of a sudden you're creating this unique experience that is unique to you, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's what you bring to, to these events. And, and, you know, there's definitely parallels that we see in what you're doing. You're doing it in the moment, whereas entrepreneurs or, or other people are doing it, you know, whether they've done it in the past or they're doing it right now, but it's a long-term, long-term big disruption or change, but you're doing it so specifically in every single moment that you're, that you're doing your set, which is interesting. And um, I'm happy that you're, you, you, you touched on that specifically because I, I speak about this all the time. Mm. I'm on a conversation after I, I leave the event yesterday and I go through the process of like, People don't realize what's happening in my head uh, technically when I'm doing the job. You see in- instantaneous like moves. It's like I'm on offense and defense at the same time, yeah. and everything's happening. But when you start doing these big corporate events, it's then magnified by like a hundred times because I'm getting communication in my ear at the same time as well. So somebody's telling me like, "Oh, these." 12 things are happening and I'm also listening to so three things are happening so master mix is happening you're what you're hearing mm-hmm. I'm mixing the song so I'm making that happen and then somebody else is telling me what to do mm. you know so there's three things happening all simultaneously so when you're saying in fact and in the moment I'm making key decisions and I'm reading there's so much going on constantly that you have to not be afraid mm-hmm. the, the, the rule of anything is like you start off with raw talent and then you polish it up and then once you polish it up then you know not to be afraid because you walk through all the things that could have happened necessarily so experience then you know becomes your the biggest part of your gift in yeah. that you know and so when you're saying the thread is like oh in this instantaneous moment but my moment right there impacts 10 20 years of my whole career. Like I, one thing I could do, you know, at an event could change my life 10 years down the road. I can't even see it yet. And that has happened this whole journey. So from the beginning of my story to where I'm at, it's like, I do, I did something for someone eight years ago at a, a, a restaurant. And then I'll get a call from like, Oh, I'm the vice president of eBay. I'd like you to come do this thing. Cause I heard you. And it's like, that was like a random like Tuesday night that I was like, just like in my own world. But when you speak to people through that and you can, you know, do it on the fly and then you're not just telling their story and my story, you're creating the story. 
So now we have this story that we all share together, you know, and that's the thing that's happening in that split second. It's how do we change the story? Because you're having a conversation with him, you're dancing. So, so many things are happening. So to cut through takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful, I think, right? And, yeah. and I, I have so many questions about that. Like, you know, is that unique to music and that experience? Like there's, you mentioned writers and story, like even storytellers, I think it's kind of similar to that, to that point as well. But I, I don't know, I'm interested in, you know, because on your journey, right? You've had huge moments where you've, where you've opened for massive, massive bands. You played for massive organizations, you know, and it's, it's pretty incredible. So like maybe take us back to, what start? started it all yeah like how did you yeah. get started on this journey so crazy so i like high school kid everything like on the path of what your parents are putting you on like my dad's in accounting my family's a huge finance family so i started college accounting courses when i was in high school so mm. i was like one of those kids that are like oh we get the summer packet for your accounting and so you have to finish it before you have to turn it in like after summer i would do it the first weekend and be done with it. Cause I didn't yeah. want to do anything but hang out with my friends or do whatever. But with that obsession, and then I started working for my family and I would be in the office and I would just listen to albums all day. Mm. And I'm like 18, 19, trying to go to college, but I would just listen to music all day, like all day long from tool to like anything in music, I would just, discover something and then i'd be like okay this is what i want to learn about right now that's what i'm into now i want to learn about rock and roll now i want to learn about jazz it, it's just like always have been like my thing and then so i used to throw parties when my parents would go out of town and they'd hate me for it but i do it every single time no without fail you're leaving okay you left me an allowance i'm throwing a party it like don't leave town like that's your, <laughs> like so I'd have my friends come over. My friend Chad would come over all the time. And then his cousin came over one day and he's like, you have incredible taste in music. Ever heard of DJing? And I'm like, no, nah, man, like I'm going into finance. Like my life is like already decided for me. Like that's my, like I was like ignoring him. Like completely like he told me exactly my future. He literally told me two years later, 20 years old, have a fake idea. I'm in the hookah bar, uh, which is now prohibition i think the whatever's down by the mall yeah um i go there he's like man you're in the club at 20 years old and i'm trying to show you this djing thing i'm street teaming for harry's which is now pc live mm -hmm. so i'm like okay like let me take you up on this for like two seconds go to his house he shows me the instrument i was like oh my gosh this is how it's done i've i've had these mixes in my head forever and I never knew that this instrument existed, that you, this is how you put the two together. From that day, went home, talked to my dad. I was like, hey, dad, I need $300 to buy the software. <laughs> He's like, why? And I was like, I wanna do this music thing. And I was like, I also need like another $150 for a hard drive. He's like, and that's when hard drives were expensive. You know yeah, what I mean? And it's yeah. like, what are you doing that you need this much space? I'm like, I think I have a project. I go to his house and he gives me a couple of DJ mixes like from like DJs, in my opinion, that, you know, are true pioneers because before you could like learn on YouTube, that's how we learn. You had to like go, go to the club or you get a mixtape. That was the thing. So I was like, well, we're making a mixtape, duh. You know, so we get in the lab two days later, 
I start splicing stuff together. I would take from other people, like literally because I had no idea, but I know ex I knew exactly what we wanted to do. We went to a club like a week later because he was already street teaming. And so we started off downtown because they had like a baby club that we were trying to promote in Salt Lake. And so I was like, I'm going to manage you because I can't play the instrument yet. So I'm going to be your manager because I knew all this business stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to start this business, started the business instantaneously. That, that was it. Like all decisions were made within a week. Within three months, I had moved out of my parents' house. Really? That was it. It, it, was, it was working immediately. I saw the vision. The first, within like the first two weeks, because we were handing out CDs, we got our first gigs. We were opening for this guy Brisk at the Mint. Um, and it was like 150 bucks. And I was like, okay, 150 bucks, a couple times a week. This is good business, you know? And we're 20 years old, you know? So there's like, and I'm doing this illegal. At this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I get deeper in it because I'm like, okay, there's more money here. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a promoter now. So now I'm like, I'm going to be a promoter only because one day we show up to the club, the club promoter wasn't there and they still open the club. So the girl at the door is like, who do I give this money to? And I'm used to getting the 150 bucks from the bar. She hands me $1,200 and I go, I'm on the wrong side of this business. <laughs> immediately, I'm like, I'm in this business now too, you know? So immediately we, we, we take over a promotional site, we start our own night, and that one club, what, that, it didn't really last, but I knew of this other place I used to go to all the time called Tony's. And so I called him, I was like, hey, Tony, I've been coming here, you know me from when I was a kid, but I wanna do this thing. And he's like, sure, let's do it. $3 Patron Thursdays. And I, I started a night to the point where I was flying in DJs before I was 21. No way. Before I was 21 years old, I flew in at least five, six DJs. And I got arrested two months before my 21 <laughs> in a nightclub. So that was the journey. So then I s sat down, my, my friend who I started this business with, I sat down, his mom picks, picks me up because the cops don't like, didn't arrest me. They're like, all right, you go home. You're gonna have to deal with a lot of court stuff. This is, you know, this is bad. Um, so I sat down there and I went to court. They uh, gave me, uh, it was illegal. I had international fake ID uh, from Jamaica because I'm a dual citizen. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my brother cured that for me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had this fake ID. They're like, since 9-11, there's these huge rules against international fakes and all these things. And so you're in a lot of trouble. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like lawyered up super crazy for it. Um, and then they basically gave me probation for it. And then I had to go to these alcohol classes. And I'm like, I didn't even do, I wasn't even drinking, you know? So I'm like, well, I'm in, in these alcohol classes. And so this is divine intervention kicking in, right? I go to these alcohol classes, I'm sitting there and I'm learning about drugs and all these things. And my brain hasn't even developed into 21. Right. So like my brain's like now telling me like, this is like, this is God or somebody above just protected you and said, you need to change direction. You like right now, no, like you can't drink. If you're watching your friends do drugs and all these things, don't do it, don't participate. I'll drink and I'll dabble. Like you smoke a little marijuana, who doesn't? You know what I mean? And if you do, don't, whatever. Yeah. You know, like it has nothing to do with me. You're a teacher, so. But it made you realize like, I, I can't be dabbling in like the lifestyle. 
the lifestyle is not where the future is for me. So at that point in time, I sat back, I started walking downtown. I looked at buildings downtown and I looked at the places I saw myself. Mm. And I saw this place called Metropolitan. It was a high-end restaurant. I called them. I, I'm like, hey, do you guys have DJs? They're like, no, we're a fancy place. Like, we don't have DJs here. What are you talking about? And so basically what happens after that, the lady, I'm like trying to like rank, like talk her into like booking me. And she's like, well, here's the deal. There's this thing called Twilight that's coming here to Utah. And it's going to be like three blocks away from me this restaurant because it's right across the street from the pf changs downtown which yeah. is now Walters. so if you guys know where Walters is that's where metropolitan was so it was like right by the park so they're like we'll try you out this one thursday night i'm like all right cool so i bring my gear down there and i'm like setting up because by then i had taken a break from like going out and promoting and i was like all right i need to like focus on the right direction right and so i bring the gear there as i'm setting up this I get in a fight with the owner. No. <laughs> like, she's like telling me where to set up. I'm like, no, you need to set up here because people got to see you. They're walking up, walking this way. I'm telling you, you need to do it this way. She's like, no, this is my business. What are you trying to tell me? Get out of here. You know, so I get in the car, I start driving home. She calls me and she's like, I want you to come back. I, I, I don't want you to feel like I, I, I'm a hard person to deal with. I really want to make this work. I go back, I do the event, it, miracle. Like immediately it turns into something. On top of Evita Tequila, you guys are familiar with yeah. Lisa Barlow? Yeah. Well, Lisa Barlow was my sponsor for that night. And that all happened in like that first, like inception of that first like month I was there. She came in, she was a customer there. And then she was like, you're my guy. So when she went to Park City to help open up Silver, that's where I went. I went straight to the top. Like, it was just like... That's insane. Yeah, it was like, all of a sudden, I was like, royalty, immediately. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm in all the right hands. I'm being coddled by all the right people. And it's like, how is this happening? Of course, I have to deliver. Now I'm like, okay, we're at the delivery stage now. It's like, let's now refocus. So now I'm 22 years old, years later music director of silver already at 22 years old and then by 23 i'm already meeting all the most influential people in the world and they're like taking me all over the world and like i'm like oh you want me to fly to mexico you want me to fly to bahamas you want me to fly to canada you want me to go to greece all right i'm there like it that was it it was like i met all the wealthiest people within like the first couple years of my career and it's just like exploded ever since so you can't plan that but I also had to see where I wanted to be that was my vision but to how it happened and what people walked into my life I can't predict that and so that's the continuous so when you talk about the swell mm. and that's what we were talking about off camera before it's like and you're like yeah the concept of the podcast is the buildup of change in my life I can always tell because of my dreams, like I'll have this dream, like I want this. And my dream, it'll torment me with this wave of like, I'm about to drown. And then all of a sudden, the big change happens and it's clear skies and I'm, uh, nothing happened. Like I never drowned, I'm still here. And so it's, it's important to know where you wanna go from the beginning and then go through the swell, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because people want the end result and they never, 
they don't want the middle stuff that's like, okay, how am I going to put myself out there? Yeah. You know, because even me coming here is like kind of put myself out there. Neither of us, none of us need to do this, right? You know, yeah. so it's like to put ourselves in this position is, is like saying, I have a vision of the future and I would like it to happen in this way, but I'm going to make the effort over here because this is the start no matter how I look at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's so interesting, like, it's a, and I love the way that you just kind of summarize that too, because I think that we, we believe absolutely the same thing, that the vision is super important. It's interesting because he's got a pretty, I think, interesting story about, you know, placing a vision on what he wants the future to be and, and then finding a way to get it. But what's so interesting, I think, about, you know, that entire story is you have so many moments throughout your journey where it's filled with, you know, these... I guess it's, it's, it's these, these decisions, right? These yeah. decisions that you, that you have to make and, and that you're also flexible enough to make to go off in different directions. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a promoter now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like in those moments, it's like you're, you, you, you believe that you're making the right choice, but then you, you make that choice in that moment and, you, and you're off. And there's so many moments like that. But w- the one that stands out the most is that one where you're like, you know, you, you had these convictions. It was like, no, I think, that, I think we, it needs to be set up right here, right at Twilight, yeah. right? And, and like, you were so... You, you were so in that conviction, right? You believed in it so much that you actually left, yeah. right? And everything that happened after that, like you, this thing, whatever you were holding on to, right, was so important to you, I think because of your vision, right? Like yeah. you have this longer vision that, that you're, you know, you're okay leaving, but that's what actually brought you back to at the same time. And I think it's part, all of that, it was within, like, that's, I think part of who you are. And I think it's as much, as much as it's like, yeah, I met the right person at the right time and that built and built and built. I think it's like, there's something deep within you, right? That just, you know, it's, it's that conviction to be able to make these decisions in the moment and stand up to, I think the vision that you're holding of, of what you want to do in the future, right? That you can walk off stage and just drive away, mm-hmm. you know, and then they eventually just want, they want you back, you know, and, and they want you back. And you mm-hmm. have to, and you have to have the ability to see it and, and say, no, this is, where I have to go. Yeah. Like no matter, you know, there's failure everywhere. I, I could walk two steps and fall from here and break something. And so failures, I'm surrounded by it. Yeah. So no, no matter what I do, I'm going to fail. So if in my brain, it's not a delusion because we all have delusions and I'm very clear on my delusions. So I don't ever put that as like my, my starting base. Mm. My starting base is my, the truth, the truth. What does the truth look like? And if I could see the truth and the truth says, if I put the equipment over here, I'm going to be seen by more eyes. That's where it goes. When I went to silver, same thing. I was like, DJ booth has to be, it used to be like hold away. Like, do you know where the post office is in park city? When you walk up main street, yeah. it's on. So if you silver is, like right it faces it right that that little alleyway it faces it they used to have the dj booth in the middle right there no one could see that so i asked him i was like hey can we put the dj booth in the corner window faces main street people are gonna see the action i guarantee we pack this place every weekend we packed that place for almost four years straight no way no no problem no question because there's just so little things that you do that creates the big Mm. big things there's like there's a ton of little things that i do all the time this is something that is probably not big but i don't know how big it is yet yeah. you know like because somebody might listen to this and be go and go he's more interested than i thought you know yeah. what i mean yeah. or he he's he's actually well he's much more put together than i thought i just thought he was an artist mm. you know that's a lot of the misconception 
a lot of times with the vision is where we all fail. And that's why I said, you, you gotta put the truth first. Like, yeah. let me get to the root first and then I'll I'll start like putting dirt on it and watering and I'll do all the stuff, you know, but let me get to the root first and see what's there and we can build from there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and well, it's, I, you mentioned creativity and I think, you know, absolutely. Like what's so interesting about that too is is the idea of putting this, this DJ booth facing out of a window, right? Like. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's something to what you're talking about as far as, you know, the root or even even the problem or the opportunity, right? Like I think I think as a creative, you probably just look at at different opportunities in, in different ways than I think a lot of other people, right? Like nobody's gonna think to put a DJ booth looking out of a window, right? But you you ha I think have a vision for stuff and and, and it and it's ultimately rooted in like I think this opportunity for experience. Like what's gonna what's the gonna drive the best experience exactly. possible? Because people wanna People want what they can't have yeah. or, or the limited experience. When people go, oh my gosh, I want to go up there. And then they get to the door and they're like, it's a zoo mm. and it's a restaurant. And they go, how? <laughs> like, this is impossible. And you go, no, it's not impossible because you saw it on the street and that's what drew you here. I No one did anything special. It was just enough to make you realize that's something that you, I gave you what you wanted, but without you even like knowing what you wanted. So the, a little bit know, of curiosity, yeah, right? It's like, yeah. what's going on in there? Yeah. yeah. Planted, planted the seed. And that's yeah. what you have to do in all these facets. And that's, we haven't even really talked about music yet. Yeah. So you notice we've mm -hmm. talked about everything other than yeah. music because it ha music has nothing to do with like my performance mm -hmm. ever. Music has nothing to, like, I love music. I care about music. Music is the best thing that could have ever happened to me you know, in my life outside of like having 10 fingers, 10 toes, and I could talk, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it's probably the best thing because it's given me a lot, you know, it's made me fortune's pet and all these things and it's great. But the 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 reality of it is like when you, when you, when you open, when you open up the, the, the scope, you don't, you don't see music. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you're not seeing music anymore because every time you hear a song, you indulge in it, it's not the music, it's your feelings. It's all in your feelings, you know? So I create the feelings. I'm, I'm here to create a feeling. When I leave here, I wanna feel empowered. I wanna go do something more special than I've done before. Everything that I do is for that. Uh, music is just my vehicle. Yeah. That's how I get there, you know? Like, yeah. but it's not, it, the driving force is all, everything that's inside of me yeah you know? so and that's what i sell i sell me i don't like if i sold you music you wouldn't buy it from me yeah. so that's the thing it's like i when i sell you me and you're like i want that of course i want that you know that's actually interesting and be, only because i connect with you because i feel the pain of life the same way you do i i see the same things and i acknowledge it and a lot of people that are artists or this and that and you see them not become anything is because they don't acknowledge what's happening you know there it's a it's a question of how much more can i get versus like what what's my impact mm. and i'm all about impact like every time i touch the turntables there's impact you know that's not me just playing music i'm trying to change everything that you felt before you walked in here so interesting. So many things you've given. I'm not <laughs> sure what to ask next because I'm, 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 my head's full. I think that because you know, I love the, the story of 
by the way, about the swell. I mean, how cool is that? That's one reason why you're here. Thank Second you. reason you're here is, yeah, the, the fact that the most important thing to you isn't actually the music. It's the feeling. The emotional impact. I mean, th that's, that's right. what yeah. you're looking for. And I'm yeah. curious to know, you know, how, you know, at what point did you realize that? Was it through music that you realized that was kind of your purpose and your passion? To, you know, to really focus on the feeling, um, or was it was it was it earlier than music that you realized that that was important to you? I could tell you the rawest thing that I thought just happened in my brain when you yeah. asked me, and what happened is every doubt is the feeling, every pain is the feeling of like, no, you can't do that. Like that's why I get on stage. I even tell myself even before I perform yesterday, I was like talking myself out of it because it's such a big deal for me you know and that's that's how i look at it you know it's 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 something that makes me go to the turntables because i'm doubting myself you know so you're doubting me go to the turntables because i'm a monster on those <laughs> I'll, shut, I'll teach you exactly how i feel so it has nothing to do with the music you see what i'm saying like yeah. even when yeah. A, yeah. A, the best players of sport they don't go out there to score baskets they, they go out there for the pressure mm -hmm. they go out there for all the other things that surround them family everything that they're fighting for is on that court you know and that's what happens when you're when you're a purist i'm a purist of my craft and i've always been i've done nothing else you know outside of my early days when i worked for my family so i've never really had a job i've only ever done music so when you're a purist at something you your your fight is so crazy different like i don't i don't i don't even look at the music i'm like okay how am i going to impact this person i'm going like how like how am i going to get this person to get and this person to like each other and i know at the beginning they don't but it's the feelings that I got from all those experiences I had. Like, how am I going to make these people like me? How am I going to, like, change the way they see me, you know? And that's music. And that's, that's, that's the relationship I feel versus, like, saying, oh, well, I'm, I'm gifted and all this stuff. No, all that took practice. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I've got one. I know you've got another no, question. No, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking... So, I mean, I just like the things you were saying around, you know, looking back, you can see where things made sense, right? Certain touch points, certain decisions, certain risks, mm -hmm. certain failures even. Um, but you also have this vision looking forward as well. And you've learned over time that actually, if, you're, if you repeat those, you know, taking risks or repeat following the gut, your gut feel that, that you know, you, it leads to something good. Maybe it might be six, six seven years mm -hmm. down the line. Um, but I want to just take like, I, well, two things I'm curious about. I'm curious about where music, it, where that gift of looking for the feeling, it wasn't even music, actually, as you said. It, it was something deeper than music. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Um, was it instilled, do you think, by you know, family or f like certain experiences you had when you were a lot younger? It's such an interesting... You know, I, I've thought... Every time I'm asked a question, this question is not for today, which is so great because I'm going to give you an answer. But typically when somebody asks me a question, I know the question is not for today. The question you just asked me is something that I have to think about for a very mm. long time before I know. Like I'll have a conversation with somebody and they'll ask me something and be like, how do you feel about this? And my feeling of it won't even show up till later. So the reality of like how I felt as a kid growing up was... 
Um, my brothers and I, because I'm Jamaican, so I grew up in Jamaica for uh, the first 10 years of my life before I moved to the States. I moved to New Jersey. 17, I moved to Utah. Um, uh, my mom lived in the States. My dad lived in Jamaica, but he traveled because he's an accountant and all these things. So, like, I've had a good, like, uh, different aspects of the world, I would say. But as a child, we used to... You, you, you're English. I, yeah, from, um, yeah, from London. Yeah. Um, you, so, you know, dub plates and all that. So as a kid, we always, Jamaicans came up with that. So we used to try to get the dub plates. We'd make the cassettes. He'd have his cassette. I'd have my cassette and would play our dub plates. We'd try to record stuff and, and then would play each other and have our, our sound clash, you know, because that was the thing, you know, Kilimanjaro and all those, you know, great Black Chinese and all those great, like, clashes of you know, selectors. Um, so that's how I grew up, like being such a good selector of music. So if you want to know the root, that's the root because we Jamaicans are the first, pretty much the first DJs, you know? So, and then as that progressed and to time and like getting a Walkman, I remember my first like yellow, like uh, the, the cassette Walkman, a yellow one. And then I got the silver, Sony one years later. So I've always like listened to music. I would like take it from my sisters or and whatnot and like gain perspective. Like I remember first time hearing DMX and going like, <laughs> what am I listening to? And he has like blood on him, like on the album cover. I'm like, this is crazy. And then like my mom's listening to like, you know, uh, Barrington Levy and like all these other, like, so I've always had music around me, but the f like what, like was the driving force that got me to music was just I feel like that was my escapism of life around me it's and that's what I'm saying the question is not for today so yeah. I can give you that one answer and then I could tell you it's escapism because we all go through I don't I didn't really want to be an accountant yeah. you know so like I was like all right how can I make this job more pleasing okay I can listen to 10 albums a day which is mathematically eight hours at the time you know, so like, that's how, you know. Yeah, I like, I like that. I'm gonna ask one, one follow up to that. I think, so when, when you're imagining, you, you know, I, I was gonna, I've got a friend that, um, Rob Dryden, who was an architect, and he, he, he always said his gift was that he could see, um, he could walk into a space, could have been where the kiln is, uh, that was not built yet. And he could, he could literally see before his eyes, like what, where the where the walls would go, where the where the sofas would go, where the arches would go, he he'd just see it in his head. I mean, it was a gift. Um, and then I was thinking, which made me think of that. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe you s hear the music instead of seeing it. You kind of hear a track. Like I know that track is going to come next. Mm -hmm. But I wonder now, based on what you said, it's not about the music. It's about the feeling and the emotion. I wonder whether you feel what needs to come into the room next for your audience I, and then immediately think of the track i don't know like, interesting i feel like you i guess how i want to break this down because what you what you said to me is like the gift part i do have a gift which is discernment that's my gift mm -hmm. like that's my natural gift like that's i've always been able to like anticipate 
things. I'm very good at anticipating something that's going to happen next. I'm, that's how my brain works. I'm a futurist in that way. Like I could see down the road, whether it's me or multiple other things, I could see a shift that's happening in an industry really quickly. I, I identify that. So when you asked that question that you guys sent me, that little questionnaire, and I was like, what's like the one thing you wish people knew? And because I'm fascinated more about business than I'm about what, like the side that you're talking about, like, like, do you see it as a gift? But it's the the gift has no bearing on one thing. It's like across the board. So I could pick anything. I was going to be good at whatever I chose. It's mm-hmm. it's the intention that I had to be good at music. I I wanted to be good. Like I, I like I know what a room needs more than anybody, you know. And only because of tons of practice, like constant practice there's all the talent that I could have in the world the the experience that I have the like the true knowledge of reading an audience and like dictating and making them believe that they made those choices is a whole that's a practice skill that I no matter if I gave I could give you all I could give my laptop I could say hey play these songs in a row and you will never rock the party the same because it's, I know exactly when to do it, like what time, when to cut it out. There's so many different nuances when I should just like say something to you or make you say something to get you more engaged. It's all about pushing that level higher, you know, but you only learn that through experience. The talent can only get you so far. You see so many talented people. Why do you think 1% of athletes are going professional in anything? You know, because not many people can go, okay, I'm a pro now, so I got to start thinking like a pro. And this is how a pro thinks. A pro is like, okay, it's not about me anymore. I'm good at what I do, but how do I fit in this system? And how do I make the system work for me? And that's all the great people have that ability. They'll see it, they'll design it, and and it's a philosophy from beginning to end. Every show in my brain works the same way. I practice the same way. I love that. Uh, it's, it's deep that, and I and I. I, I my only co- my, my only comment is um, or curiosity, and it can come later. You know, Josh has a question. No, um, you go for it. Yeah, is around how. I mean, the fact is that you're saying it's instinct, and it's and it's and it's a gift of discernment, which is awesome. And actually, if you were to slow kind of, you were to do that, watch that in slow motion in your head. You know, you might you might be looking for that emotion first or the feeling, and mm-hmm. and then you see the track and. But actually, I think what it makes me think of is to go back to you use the word design. Like I know my, you know, I know I, I know my set, or I know my, you know, what, what's going to happen. What research and and kind of discovery about your audience? You know, you, you, uh, what I was impressed with back back then was the fact that you you went from music from like all types of genres and, and like way back when mm-hmm. but then you were mixing it with stuff that was current so how do you you know if you if you're going into i don't know a certain type of demographic that's uh, that you've never done before mm-hmm. um you could probably wing it maybe i don't know because your yeah, instinct I'm, or do you yeah. spend quite a lot of time actually intentionally looking at being you know looking at the demographic and researching S- sound sound analysis is how i trick an audience that i don't know I analyze the sound. I've done like a Bosnian wedding or something, right? I'll get the music. It'll sound specific to the, that region, you know, but I could see 
how the baselines fundamentally match certain things over here or like they use a specific melody all the time like bosnian music has a specific melody so i'm like okay you have the specific melody so i know that you're gonna dance anything that kind of sounds like this melody so that's when i start like tricking you first i'll go with the sound i'll find the sound that matches and then i'll trick you there and then once i got that done now i'm gonna bring the words now i'm gonna start flowing words that sorry about that that are gonna actually like mesh with what you're trying to tell the story that you're trying to tell for the day so now i we went from bosnian music to now we're back into a commercial probably american or english or whatever music and you didn't even think about the change because I kept the same identity of yeah. what you were looking for. And that's that's where, like, if I go into any type of situation that if I DJ for, like, a class of people that are like, oh, we only want jazz music from this era and I only like Dave Burbeck. And that's my only thing that I've given you. Okay through experience i'll go okay dave burbeck so that means they like george benson and now i've modernized their sound in that instant within that instant i modernized their sound mm. because i got them from this era to another era but i kept that jazz feeling and then i could transcend into the future and then they go wow i've never heard that how did you get me there yeah. you know and then i take you all the way back and and that's and that's the dance and that's what i do every single time and it changes for whatever i'm doing it could be conceptually if i'm working with a guitar player and his strength is just strumming the guitar here i'm going to take this acapella i'm going to we're going to work on tempo first thing we'll work on tempo we'll get our tempo right and then once you feel comfortable watch me just dance around you i'm going to put vocals in so you'll never have to find the beat because I'll always be on time with you. And that's the relationship, you know? I love that customization. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think that goes back to what we were talking about before we started recording. It's, it's this journey that you take people on. And I think there's a lot of really interesting things that you take away from that. Like the idea of, so we, I mean, we talked about this idea of, okay, the entire set, for example, right? From beginning to end, you know, and I, I love kind of what the takeaway is, at least you know, where do you start? You start from somewhere familiar to your audience, right? But then the same way, you know, any good story works, like you start somewhere familiar and then you, you, you give them a sense of curiosity. You, you disrupt what they're familiar with and take them into someplace completely new. And if you didn't do that, you know, if you gave them, I, I just want a whole set of jazz or I just want a whole set of this, right? Then all of a sudden there's nothing new. There's nothing that, that's, that's breaking their expectations. There's nothing that's mm -hmm. taking them to, the, to this new world that, or taking them on this journey. Yeah. And that's amazing. I, I, like, I'm really fascinated by that. But so I guess my question is, is then when you go back to what we were talking about before the, before the podcast, even, um, you know, what you're doing with your podcast, for example, right? Like, you know, you, every month you have a, you have a specific theme of kind of what you're looking to, to put out into the world, I guess, right? As far as yeah, the pulse and I do, of that. And, and I don't talk on it. So I just want to reassure people okay. if they ever listen, I don't talk on the podcast. It's a hundred percent music. Yeah. Okay? So it's always conceptually music. Yeah. And so I always want to take people on a journey every month of something that like last year it was so funny uh, for December, I did the sixties mix because literally what happened this year happened in my mix. So if you go back and go back to December 
and I saw I saw change happening. And literally, if you read the writing that's in the podcast, I talk about you know we're in, we're in change again. We're, you know, you go through this phase, and then you're going through change again. And I and I and I could have anticipated the change that was coming. So through the podcast, that's how you know that's my breakthrough of sh- like showing you like I have my pulse, you know, my my hand on the pulse of what's going on, but in my own way, you mm. know, through the music. So yeah. I like I. For what you just asked me, yeah, the podcast is my way of showing people my story, but the world's story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, and I guess even, so whether it's your podcast or, you know, with, with, with the music over the course of the monthly theme, right? The, this monthly topic that you're exploring, or even, you know, you mentioned that, that, that jazz set where you're starting with a, a place that's familiar, right? But then you're taking them to a new, uh, a, a new set of sounds or a new set of, a new set of artists or a new set of music, right? But there's still like an underlying musical theme within, I think, at least that's, I think that's what you were talking about is like mm-hmm. from where they're familiar, you're still, you're still bringing a sense of familiarity through that even though you're taking them to this new world right and i think that's where the what's really interesting to me is like when you take you know one thing and then you mash it up with another thing right and ultimately through that journey you're ultimately creating this new this new feeling that never existed without the combination of the two things right i don't know but there's not really a question there so i don't know what (laughs) but i mean yeah I, i i feel how i how i feel about it is like when you when you give somebody a product that's yours right whether it's the podcast or like a live performance you know and like creating you know that familiarity or like all these effects of what they want but through me and then adding the concept of like like let's mash up this and this and it's going to sound cool to you or yada 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 my my thing is like i'm not trying to change your music taste like I'm right. not, I'm not, my job is not to change any type of like, um, vision that you saw the world. What I'm in this moment, I'm showing you the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only give you, I, I can only give you a, a window into what you really want. It's for you to choose it. Like yeah. I, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that are never going to hear a certain type of music just because they don't want to even open the door to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in life, I just, my job is to open the door and hopefully you'll you'll get it. And if you don't, that's not my job after that. I did everything I could. God put me here to, to give you this moment and then you didn't see it. It didn't, like for you guys, you saw it. You know, whatever you saw, you saw something, right? And then we're here now. Yeah. So that's the the thing. It's not it's not for me. It's for that person to go home and maybe not commit suicide, you know. Or it's for that person to go home and go. I was gonna quit my job, but something in that music told me to hold on, you know. So that's so that is what my message is. My message is like, what? How, how is it gonna make you feel stronger? Yeah. You know, or how is it gonna make you more aware? You know, so all the things that, like I said, all the things that we talk about that are the music have, the music is, we write music. It's a story. All these things are stories. I've created a melody. It's a story. You know, every melody create, there's a word behind it. Somebody's humming something, here's a bird. So the bird was singing. You just stole it from the bird. You mm. just don't know you stole it from yeah. the bird. You know? <laughs> but it, he was talking. Yeah. Just, it's just not the same words, you know. So you have to kind of look at it from that perspective that 
you're giving a part of you away every time. It's like when Kobe Bryant died for me, like a part of me died. Yeah. You know, even though it was like he, I was just a fan, but I remember sitting uh, at a game when I was like 16 years old and he came over after he beat the Jazz and he took his arm by and off and he gave it to me. No way. Yeah. And it's in my office. Yeah. You know, and it's like one of those things where it doesn't matter how many jump shots he made, that is the moment. You know, and so something for someone is just a moment. So you have to you have to be very like mindful of it's not it's not it's not these tools that you have to oh it's this sound and that sound and that's why people like connect with you. It's 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 this thing. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm really interested in this. So, I mean, personally, like, so I'll just talk about Kobe Bryant for a second. Right. Yeah. But like, I mean, I was, I grew up a huge fan of the Utah jazz. Right. And, you know, back, I remember watching when Michael Jordan hit his shot, you know, over, over uh, Brian Russell. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I remember that, you know, after that era, then, you know, of course the Kobe Bryant era where I just remember rooting so hard against Kobe Bryant, <laughs> Yeah, but it, like, I mean, there was something to that and it hit me really hard too, right? Like when, when he, when he died and I was like, it's just the greatness that he had in him. Right. And cause he made you feel something. Exactly. <laughs> and what I want to get into then, because it's interesting when you, when, when I think about DJing, I think, you know, well, there's the music and then there's the individual behind, you know, the person bringing this experience and, and it, for an artist, um, you know, there's always this balance between, you know, your personal voice and what you think the audience is trying to, ultimately what the audience wants. And I think what you're balancing on right now in this, in what you what you just mentioned is like, you know, it's as much as important as the, the artist and their personal voice or the, the experiences that got them to this moment that's mm -hmm. informing, you, what, maybe it's your intuition for the next song, right? You know, that discernment. Um, but at the same time, you're, it feels like you're constantly balancing that. But I'm definitely interested in your perspective even a little bit more on on your own personal voice and and that, you know, your ability as a DJ, you know, and, and the importance of, yeah, I guess if I relate it back to like, it's almost like, well, what makes you a pro DJ, right? And, and it's, good, it's that good, good unique questions. voice, right? I, guess, uh, I don't uh, know. What makes me a professional, uh, of course, there's a laundry list now, but the, the, a, true, a true pro is in anything, especially what I do is you, you hire me for a task and I do that above and beyond your expectation. That, that, that's my job, you know, that's, that's when you're professional. If I can identify what you want and deliver the service, I'm a professional. So the, uh, like what I am, like at this point, I'm a business owner. Mm. I own a business, I've scaled it into multiple DJs and it's, not just me. So uh, from the beginning, I jumped in. So I would say that's professional. You know, other people could say, oh, I went to this, I went to Juilliard, or I went to here, and then I got into music and I'm an engineer. And it's like, yeah, you're, you know, that's a different way of doing it. It's the same thing. And you're a professional over time. You know, you're a professional, but long-winded reason why I'm a professional is because all I do is work for 
the biggest corporations in the world. But, <laughs> so, but, but, I, yeah, no, I think that's perfect. I, that's the only, that, and if, if I were to sum it up to anybody, every, anybody else that's doing anything that's not that, you're not a pro. You, 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 you do it for a hobby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not doing it 24-7, you do it for a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. And, and I, I think even just to go, I guess, a little bit deeper because, you know, let's say somebody had this, had a, like a similar journey. Like I, I, I'm, I'm still interested, I guess, in, in, in your, your voice as an artist, right? I think because oh, that's a second question. Yeah, 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 yeah. So your voice as an artist, I guess, in relationship to, I think, you know, like, because there's something that you bring that's unique. Like you can't just give the audience, I think exactly what they want, right? Like there, there are the things that make you who you are. If you put somebody, another great DJ in the same set, that's going to be something completely different. But I guess if I was to relate to it, right? Like, uh, it's like say the first part again. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Say, so say that first part. One I think more time. I think what, what what you'll find with artists is or or even entrepreneurs, right? Maybe this is a good way to talk about it as well. Is you know, there's there's definitely personal passions. There's personal interests. There's life events that have shaped you as an individual that got you to where you are, you know, at this specific moment. And that I think, you know, when you, when you, when you come to understand yourself on a deep enough level, you find, I think your personal voice, right? You find your voice as an artist. Like for me, I, I could say as a storyteller, I'm really passionate about specific stories, but, and, and, and it's those specific stories that I'm really interested in telling, right? Uh, maybe it's based off of a specific genre, but my voice lies somewhere in these kinds of stories, mm -hmm. right? And I guess kind of if I was to relate it back to you, then like you have such a broad and eclectic, you know, a selection of music. Right. And 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 I think it's like, you know, yeah, I guess it goes back to, you know, how do you weigh your voice as an artist? Like what you believe is is the right thing versus what you think the audience wants or what you think the audience needs in a specific moment. So like there's a balance between your voice and the audience's voice of of, of kind of what needs to happen right now. Does that makes so sense. I, it's a tough it's a tough question but. i'm gonna i'm gonna relate it to uh british royalty they are very pragmatic people yeah and when you're pragmatic you 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 make the right decision because it's the best decision for the moment it has nothing to do with your personal interest mm -hmm. you know so my my voice is in a sense pragmatic i mm -hmm. will i won't just go out there and give my advice because no one is asking for it, you know, but when you're, you know, it's always, my life is always in the story because I created it. So no matter if I, if I even like, like mow my lawn, that's me. I mm. did that, you know? So that's a part of my creation at that point. I, I, I get to enjoy that creation for the better part of a week before I have to start the process over again, you know? So anything that you touch technically it's going to have you in it, you know? So I, I can't create anything without having me a piece of me. In it. Is it going to tell my story at that specific time? Sometimes it might. Other times I want to tell a different story that I see that I feel like that the, this story is bigger than my story. Other times my story might be the biggest part of the story, you know, and that's what people latch on to. I, I relate it to when I create tricks because I create a lot of tricks. That's you were asking me for my like IP. Mm. That's my IP. Mm. My intellectual property. Yeah, I'm a good-looking guy, sure. But the reality of it is, my IP is making s signature tricks that nobody else can do mm. because, yes, I have the ear for it. But I I'm practical enough to say, 
just because I don't like that song doesn't mean it doesn't go with the song. Right. You know? Okay. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so I make the, the master trick, and that's my whole, that's the, that's where my bread and butter is. Every, and people can try to create tricks. It's extremely difficult. <laughs> I, I think you were able to answer my question without actually me asking a good question because like I think that's the, the root of it right like what was your stamp or what is it that, that, that makes a set you know DJ Dolph and I yeah. think that so that's really interesting I appreciate you dealing with my my rambling of trying to find no, the right totally, question you totally had it that's why I asked you again because I, I wanted to process it yeah. you know in the way where I was like okay I see what your perspective because it's you're talking about something that you're unfamiliar with so it's so you're asking me things that are so far in the back of my mind yeah. that for me to even remember that like yeah. that, tricks for me are like i do that yeah. you know so it's not like but it's important like that's my intellectual property mm. that's where my every every person that's ever heard me they heard a mix that was like mind-blowing yeah because it blew my mind the, the, the best part about what I do is when I go to the turntables and I, because practicing for me, I practice because I have to. Mm -hmm. I used to practice because I loved it. You know, now I practice because I have to. I go down there, but when I go down there, the one thing that gets me to love DJing every single time is when I put a trick together and it gives me the chills. And mm. I go, this is going to give people chills for years. And that's it. Because I know once I come up with a good trick, it's over. I know. It's like, I don't even have to. It could be the only trick I did all night. But it's <laughs> it's just like when Tony Hawk came up with like the, he was the first person to do like what, a, was it? A, the 900. Yeah, he yeah. was the first person. So being able to to do that, that was his, his, that was his ticket. You know, so my ticket is the tricks. And I'm a novelty product. I'm not the product. I've never looked at myself as a product that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to solicit. I don't want to be on every single billboard. I want to I want to be like every other like well-off person that is successful. You know a little about them, but the image alone is terrifyingly awesome. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Cuz you're like, oh, I don't want to mess anything up when this person's around, but you love the person because you're like, I look up to that. You know, I want to be a part of that. So that's all people I look up to are like that. Yeah. I, I liked I, going back to the, the piece around, you know, you got a, a, an ear for music. It, just to reiterate, it's not just an ear for music, right? It's IQ. Like you've got yeah. emotional intelligence, the, you know, the focus on the feeling. Um, and, you know, that's what you. I actually, I, yeah. Funny enough, I did just take the IQ test like not too long ago. And I scored really high in emotional intelligence. Yeah, so. That's great. Yeah? Yeah, I, I could tell you what I got on yeah. the test. I got 122 out of the, the 144 or above or whatever. So yeah. I'm above average thinker in the, I wanted to take it. I always wanted to take it, so I did, you know, so. That's a good score. Yeah, yeah. so I'm happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, do you have a question with that? Because I, I, I think it's along those lines, right? Because I think that, I, I did want to go into the emotional bit, right? Like, if you talk about those tricks, right? Those moments that give you the chills, right? Mm -hmm. Have you had those moments when, like, you're like, this is going to hit, right? This is going to this is going to be good. And then the audience, or, like, it just doesn't, like, have you had those moments where the audience just doesn't connect with it the way that you expected, like, maybe? I, I wouldn't give it to you, because yeah. I know. You know. It's not, a, it's just like, 
it's just like how does a quarterback like throw a ball so perfectly in between a seam and like you know or a golf a golfer make a perfect shot or any any type of thing it's a it's a visualization you see the end product mm. you're visualizing it before it happens and can i anticipate something wrong sure but in when it comes to something that you're extremely good at never you never question that that's 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 the only thing that you have mm. bend it like beckham there, i give all these references <laughs> because these are the things that make people who they are yeah. this, there's no there's no there's no reason why certain people are who you know what i mean there's there's a specific thing that they do mm. they're not i've never met anybody that's good at everything never i've met incredibly smart people but they do one specific thing extremely well and then they either build a team around them to do all the other things yeah. or they're so good at this one thing that they never have to do anything else you know so that's that's i think that's what i've like kind of like noticed in my like experience so mm. Yeah, I like it. It makes me want to ask you a question, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I mean, at some point, I do want to ask, like, your favorite DJs, your favorite number one, like, what you're listening to now, stuff yeah. like that. We, we could come back to that. Maybe this is the point where we choose avenues. The other, you know, thing we could go down is, like, I mean, how, you know, you've done a lot of work with story um, and also visual you know, design, Filmmaking and, and, yeah. uh, you know, do you see those things in your mind's eye before they've even, before you've even designed them? Anyway, I, I, we don't have to go down that avenue, but it made me think of it. Yeah. yeah, well, I think, you know, from a story perspective, right, and, and I think a film perspective even, like the general consensus is that you start from a place that's familiar or a place that has some sort of status quo, and it's the moments of, it's the moments of conflict and the moments of transformation, like you, I could say it's your tricks, right? It's the moment when you switch from the, un from the known to the unknown that you find a new feeling, a new transformation, or an, em an emotional evolution through a piece of, of story or through a piece of film or through a piece of, of a set, right? And so that's kind of, as far as like, you know, seeing it, I don't know. I think sometimes there's the intuition, you know, but that's kind of, I think, going back to your voice and, and it's going back to, you know, what's the in most interesting choice that I would want to make right now if, if I'm thinking about it from a story perspective? Like, yeah. what, like wh what do I, yeah, what, what's the most interesting thing for me right now? But, you know, I would also argue that you have to be thinking about the audience at the same time. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's, a t it's always a tough tightrope balance, you know? It's like, well, what do, what do I, that, this is kind of what I was getting at, you know, uh, with the voice question is like, this is what I would want to see happen in a story, right? And I'm super passionate about this, but then, you know, maybe maybe there's not an audience for that kind of a, that kind of a story, right? Right, yeah, right, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But but I also what made me think of as well was was challenging the status quo. I mean, this is what you you're doing, and this is what we do, where we create new things from that didn't exist before to challenge and and to move forward. And and and, and I think that I, what I love both of you have said though is this familiar, like making sure it's something familiar mm -hmm. with something new. Yeah, I mean, like that's really important in the in the in, in the journeys and experiences that you know that we design um, to to have the familiarity there, um, so that people can you know feel comfortable. But then yeah. something unexpected, something new to to to, to challenge them and to and to really continue their momentum. You know, 
A good, a good example of this is actually, so we haven't talked to him yet, but Gil, uh, who is going to be on the podcast, um, I'm not sure how th these episodes are going to be released. So if, you, <laughs> if you've already, you know, the thing is, is like, if you go and listen to Gil's episode right after you hear this, but so Gil, for example, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he, he worked at Pluralsight, but right now he is, he just opened this new, you can, it's like an art studio and clothing line, um, called microwave. And if you go and look at some of his clothing, uh, like he has these hoodies with pictures of the Mona Lisa on them or pictures of, uh, what is it? The farmer's wife. I can't remember the actual, if that's the name of that piece, but so for instance, the Mona Lisa, you can picture it. And over the face, he takes like, uh, it, it looks as if it was like, a a piece of colored paper, right? And it cut, basically cut out in the form of like a, a, a multi-point star. And then he puts little eyeballs on it mm -hmm. and he puts that over the face of Mona Lisa, right? And, and it's this mishmash of, 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 of what people are familiar with in the, in the idea of Mona Lisa, but what does it actually say about the, the piece as a whole, like this piece of art that's now on your shirt that now is, the face is obstructive and it's now covered by, you know, what, what looks like this, this star with, with eyeballs on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's something really interesting about it's that. It's the abstract. Yeah. It's the abstract. It's taking the, what you've seen normally and flipping it upside down and saying, this is new. And it's like, is it? You know, but it's it's your spin on it to build the new thing and and make people believe that it's new. You know, it's the, so it's not just like oh well, I'm gonna do something creative. It's the belief after to you know the people that are truly like I I guess the visionaries. It's like the conviction after the belief that is this is going to be different. Mm. Even though I've seen a million shirts that have taken like great art and, you know, fabricated a new idea, you know, on it. He's doing something different, but in his belief, I left his corporation. How do you leave a corporation and be an art guy? You know what I mean? It's like, it's lit. The world is littered with bad artists you know, or trying artists or people that are never make it in art. And there's people that are like, let's say, I, I just watched Miles Davis's documentary. Mm. Insanely crazy, great jazz, unbelievable, next level, reads music, writes music, went to Juilliard, brilliance to where he was so upset when he, when when rock and funk started coming out and becoming the, the the music of the day, he was like, these guys aren't can't even read or write music, and they and, and people like this, and they're selling out concert. I'm gonna go do this, and I'm gonna do it better. And he did. And when he got to a certain place, he did the same thing that he said, Gil. Yeah, Gil. Gil. Um, he he started creating art. He got to a place, and you see it happen. Like, um, what's his name? Does it too now? The crazy actor guy um so i forget uh ace ventura guy oh yeah uh, so he, yeah he, he's an artist now and so you have people like that and this is a long-winded way of saying like there's so many littered streets of artists that are out there and then you have people that are already successful and they'll choose something else and they'll be great at it because the belief is that they already made something successful so it's all about belief so if I have a belief that this is a great product, no matter what anybody tells me, other than obviously obvious feedback that tells me nobody wants this product, you know, like the, if I could create enough belief behind it and people start believing, 
That's why you see cults. That's why you see all these things. Mm -hmm. You just have to build up belief. It doesn't have to be crazy. The product doesn't have to be crazy. It just has to be the sticker, but then have belief. And then mm -hmm. people cling. And that's the thing. You'll find an audience for it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, quick rapid questions. Uh, let's think. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to know if you've had a fail. Fail? Yeah. Oh, man. Like I've, in relation to kind of big event a big oh yeah a big i've been evening. audited by the irs <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you want to hear I, i'll give you real but, stories but musically yeah. like kind of emotionally like have you had it got it wrong and, and what why and uh, a big moment of fail never not on not professionally i've had moments where it could happen but i'm i've i'm experienced so i uh, there's fail safes in place and all kinds of little mechanisms my voice is a tool my the turntables to my laptops my phone's a tool so there's many ways of audibling out of a really dire circumstance professionally so there's no true emergency <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what's uh so continuing on with yeah. the rapid fire what's yeah. your what's your favorite song right now yeah. what are you into favorite song right now <sighs> Okay, so tough question, but um, I'll just I'll just go with. I won't even go with the song. I'm I only listening to Miles Davis right now, so really? it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna pick "Loving Is Easy" because it's a, such a good. It's an older. It's three years old, but it's becoming a popular record. So I like the 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 fun. I like a fun song, but I like jazz music. Like I. If you've noticed, like I focus really heavy on yeah. jazz because mm -hmm. conceptually, there's no better music. How about you, Josh? Favorite song? Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't like that question. <laughs> you asked the question. I know okay. because I'm interested to see how you would respond to that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's so tough. Don't, yeah, ask me it. Okay, what's? No, I don't <laughs> no, want to ask. What's your favorite song right now? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's what, do you know what time we're at? Are we? I think we're we're, we're nearing. Oh, uh, we're close. Yeah, we got close. like five minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. I was interested in the fail question as well. I thought that that was something that's interesting. I, earlier on, you said the lab. Is that kind of? Uh, is that you mentioned like you go away to the lab? That's where. That's I, what you call the yeah. Like when you're my experimenting, my office in my house is the lab. Yeah, yeah it's because uh, it's a light. The lighting's different. It's set mood lighting in there. It's yeah. it's it's focused. made for experimentation. Yeah, and, and yeah. my workout. I work out in the same room. I make music in because I, I fight for. It. I look at the turntables to just. It's a war. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a, it's different. It's like the the competition. Is an, I'm not I'm not in a competition with a lot of people, but I'm a competition with myself to strive for better things, and to be able to do that, I got to go to war in that lab. <laughs> Every, I like that. <laughs> so are you are you going to war with anything in the lab right now, or or uh, like is there anything that you're experimenting with or or exploring right, right now? Right now, the the transition for me is mainly like you know virtual. It's like I wasn't one of those people that jumped online mm -hmm. and was like doing all that stuff. I, I'm so patient when it comes to business where it's like, I know where I'm at to where the business is coming to me. So the virtual business came to me, you know, all the big virtual stuff I knew was going to come. So like for me, like you can't, I, I have a idea of the future, but I, how to get there is not up to me. 
you know, so I, I can't say like, oh, I had vision virtual. No one, none of us did. Um, so now we're here and now we, everybody works from home. And so we're living this new life. So my, my thing is always looking for how do I navigate this new thing? When I was uh, 13 years old, I remember my dad sat me and my brother down. My brother went to school in London for accounting. And so he uh, sat us down and he's having this really deep conversation with me and my brother because like, he's like, at some point you guys are gonna be running this thing and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, I don't know anything that you're saying. But one thing I did remember from this conversation, he goes, forensic accounting is gonna be the most, of, most important thing in the next five years. And literally three years later, the whole economy of the world crashed because you know, my dad coming from the accounting side, they knew exactly what was going on. Like they're involved in all these companies. They see like what, oh, the processing system of a bank is running inefficiently to where no one knows where the money is at any given time. So they had to become more efficient to where we are today, mm -hmm. where your instantaneous banking, that's what you have today. Back in 2005, you didn't have that. Can you imagine that? In 2005, you didn't have that. Yeah. And you would think you were already in the future 15 years ago. You didn't have that. And he said, within five years, this is all going to change. So from that moment, and I watched it happen because I started my career right around that, that time when everything fell apart in the world. And ever since that, I've always looked ahead every single time because there's an answer there. You just have to see it and adapt before it, it changes, you know, and that's, that's where I'm at with so, business. Yeah. So lo looking ahead, just tell us a little bit how you have well, adapted get, for virtual. Yeah, I would l uh, like, how does it actually work? Because, you know, we've been involved yeah. in all sorts of experiences and um, change journeys that have these experiences that about music. And actually now it has to be done virtually. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? I, I, so I'm going to give you two examples of things that have happened to me prior to this that were like huge events. You asked me what huge events were. Being audited because you play music and you make a lot of money is a crazy thing. For a government to just show up and say, hey, you're making a lot of money. We need to look at everything that you do. How are you making this, making music? And then when you peel the layers back, they're like, oh, this is a new thing. Because even for them, seeing like what we became, that doesn't make sense. They're like, what? You play music for people, but you're not an actual musician? You know? So it's like, so for... For starting there, that was a huge obstacle because that flipped my life upside down. You know, going into those meetings for months and months and them digging up your life to make sure that you're doing all the right things. That was like a true eye opener of like, no matter how successful you are, you work for a system. Mm. And a system, you could be crushing it and the system will come in and tell you exactly what's next for you. And so that was one of the moments where I go, okay. I'm shoring up my accounting team, like insane accounting, like because my dad and those things couldn't do like accounting here. So you have to get like a good group of people. So I went down on Broadway, got the best that you could money could buy, because if you're going to grow a business, work with the best. You know, that's my philosophy. I want if you're the best videographer and I find that out, I'll only work with you because I know what that's the vision of the future, because those are people that are on the pulse. So moving forward, after, after I go through that experience, career keeps going upward trajectory or whatever. And then 
I noticed that, okay, the club business is not a good long, long-term scheme. And I'm noticing this at 23. And so I've already been in the restaurant. So I'm like, okay, my heavy focus is to transition to corporate events and special events. So immediately start transferring my business to that way, take less, less of this, focus more, more of that. As time progresses, 2017, now I have to get out of the restaurant business because now we're getting into a saturated market because you create an idea, people are going to come about and saturate it. So every step of the way, I had to look at the system and say, okay, well, I make this much doing this. I'm going to charge 10 times as much now just so I can exclusively do this. So you have to make big, big jumps and say, this is who I am now. And it's an exclusive product. And that's the, that's the reality of it. So every, every step of the way, I have to make the adjustment based on what I foresee. When this virtual thing happened, the first thing that I did versus what I've watched the market do, the first thing everybody did, they hopped online. They started doing the virtuals for free and just trying to like get out there and like do something and quote unquote, everybody's in it together, blah, 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 blah. Not true, but yes. Um, so what I did was the first thing I did, I went to ASCAP. I made sure I got all the licensing for all of those type of things because that's the business. The business is having the tools that are gonna, if, if there's trouble down the road, it's not gonna find me first, you know, cause I'm building the infrastructure. Whereas everybody else is just trying to go out there and do the thing. I'm building the infrastructure first. So I built the infrastructure and then I focus on the clientele because that's now I'm doing all these virtual projects because I have all the tools, you know. So you have to get all the right tools to to get to a certain level or like see a big shift or change. So those are the things that I see coming that people don't see are those little things like you need this, but people don't look at that, you know, like when uh, this whole thing happened, um, I'm in the Park City Chamber. How many DJs are in a chamber? Mm. Like, no, nobody. Like, but I'm a business person. I, DJing is a business for me, you know? So I look at it truly as a business. So I mean, I've been in the chamber for years and years. And through the chamber, my business got protected through the sole experience, not even through PPP. They have EIDLs and all these other SBAs and all these other things that people aren't aware of because they're not, they don't see the future and they don't, they don't look down the road and say, these are the avenues to protect or grow. They never, never, they never do. They just wanna do the thing. But the thing is structured around all these other things. And to be successful, that's what you need. That's, that's, that's been my like, true big thing every time is, how do I, how do I make my business more secure and, mm. and that's, yeah, that's good. How do those events, I, mean, I know we're wrapping up now, what, how do the actual events work? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, do Let's people, do the fun is, stuff, is there you know? atmosphere, is, I mean, how, how? So typically, so I've had a few, so, so different. So it's a, all different experiences. Some could be where it's like, I, the one I did for Pluralsight Live this year, it was just me. So they, it was, a, we're in the web production house. It's out, out by the airport. They build a huge set 
and it looks like you're playing a festival show but with all the graphics and everything around you and they make it look spectacular and you just do your thing and you know you're not connecting with anybody but the challenge for me is acting mm. you become an actor because like on stage you have so much going on that even if i'm in the vibe and i'm having a great time there's so much going on that you're not a hundred hundred percent on me you you think you are but you're not when now virtually it is a hundred percent connection to where i have to grab you from go to where i i i'm looking through the lens into your your heart to keep you on that screen to keep eyes on the screen so my job is to then go in the lab and then act it out every single every single thing i act out every motion every mix motion every 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 nuance in even my hand gestures are acted out hmm. yeah can you see people? Can you see anyone? No, uh, so you couldn't read the audience. All, you just had to rely on like, yeah. what it did for you. And so I create that. So that's what I'm saying. Mm. I create those little gestures. Hard to, though, huh? It, I, it's crazy. It's, it's a hard, it's nothing that anybody could prepare you for because when, you, when you're put in front of a camera and you have to act naturally, but on top of acting naturally, you have to convey a story. You know, because you're, you yeah. know, you're, you're in that world where it's like, if I have to give you a story on top of like being com comfortable and confident, that's a whole different ball game. It's not like I've, if you have people in front of you, you can feed off the energy. So I have to create this illusion that everything's there and make it happen. So it's a whole different perspective. Mm. I wonder whether, um, you know, in the future, interesting to see what you're going to do in the future with, <laughs> with respects to you know could you uh, would you introduce technology into your business or are you interested in running a different business in the future you know this is not really for the podcast but you know, if you look at the peloton business model you know is there a is, is there an opportunity to have like live um you know musical experiences with djs and music and dancing uh, that's you know, much more connected uh, from, a, from a virtual and a global perspective, you know? Uh, I don't know if you I, ever used a Peloton before. I think, I think it's there. I, I haven't used a Peloton bike, but I, I, that system is definitely there. They do have like a, like a variation of it, mm -hmm. but it's more audible mm -hmm. than like the visual aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I, I know that Las Vegas has created the they've created like the kiosk DJ now where they they pay for the set from the DJ, they record it, send it to them and they're selling the boxes to like, like Vegas places and casinos mm. or whatnot. So there are gonna be like implementations of new ideas. How I see like where this is gonna go, I, I will have to table my response for mm. The reality is that there's not a lot, going to be a lot of people like me that are left, but there's a reason for that, you know, because you have to, the, the, the system weeds out the people that don't belong in the system. And so when, to create something new from right here, uh, for me, I had a, a very good idea that we had to like put on hold once the coronavirus mm -hmm. happened. Uh, 
and I think it's a great product for it in the future. And I, I'm a visionary, so I'm sure you guys have picked this up by now. So it's for, for me, it's like the, the, the people telegraph what they want. If you don't, if you don't get it right then and there, you always, you, you, everybody's like, I should have bought Tesla. I should have did this. And you were, we were all, we all stand right at the same table. They tell us for years, you know, and no, no one ever does it or like picks up on it. So you have to, everything is telegraphed. So my greatest idea might even be right here. I just didn't see it yet. You know, so I have to like, that's why I said, I always try to listen yeah, to yeah. something and then like i'll wait so till watch later. this space we'll have to we'll have to hear in the next few years what you what do you get up to with uh... i'm excited to do that again yeah <laughs> this has been great well thank you for being a part of it sorry did you have another no. question Josh? no <laughs> i mean i do but i'm gonna hold off time is time is running out, it's right? so crazy how quickly time goes uh, yeah yeah I can't but seriously it was really cool i think i you know there's a lot of parallels that i think will be interesting to to explore that i i mean i've seen from the, from chatting with you uh to some of our other guests as well and i think you know hopefully uh people enjoy listening to that, it but yeah that's my final question what is the parallel that you drew that, that, like what what did you guys pick up from because you've done a few so what is like the thread for that a good one that I keep seeing um, is this idea of, I guess you can say, uh, it's, it's definitely a combination of, of maybe two familiar things that lead to something new, some sort of emotional connection. Like, you know, for instance, we talked with Nate Walkingshaw and he talks about being deliberate with how he spends his time. You know, and then we were, I think we talked about, you know, the moments when, you know, maybe you're an entrepreneur or maybe you're, 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 you're a father. Maybe those two things come together, you know, and he talked about, well, the future of like kinetic architecture because he's thinking about how students go to, you know, how, where they live when they go to school and stuff like that. And it's this mishmash of different things at different times that come together for, for a, new, a new innovation, a new a new thing, a new feeling, yeah. you know? And I think so, like, there's those parallels. So that you're you seeing see. optimism. There's a lot of optimism about what is possible. Generally, I think a lot, everybody that we've talked to seems yeah. very, you know, yeah, very optimistic right now. I mean, all of our, maybe that's the culture of, of what, we're, what we're doing here. Maybe, you know, generally that's just what we're doing. It's just an optimistic podcast. I don't know. Yeah, but we're picking people that are great as yeah. well. <laughs> Very <laughs> talented um, and, yeah, but, but doing I like, cool stuff. But I like, and it's less about the, I suppose, the, the, you know, the, the impact of this year. Yeah. I mean, it's more about how they're adapting just to what they're going to do in the future, right? I mean, when we talk to Gil, I mean, that's about merging the things he loves together with his family what he loves and that and matt when we talked to matt lever i mean looking at things yeah. from the past and you mentioned the connections from past things and future things and he, he he is a pathologist who's trying to change the world in digital pathology uh you know looked at a business model that his family built 50 years 60 wow. years ago and realized that yeah, that, that would example. help him with something he's going to build in the next 30 years so it, you know we're, we're seeing that Mm. As, as, as the interviews, we're seeing those connections like light bulbs and just the connective tissue between everything, really, uh, about how do you drive change? How do you influence change? How do you uh, create a swelling motion of, you know, of motivation amongst individuals and people and hopefully things that will change the world uh, as well? Uh, but from your podcast, you know, just even the music, yeah. from a musical point, the intention intentionality the, the the reading the audience all of that is really important in the journeys 
of change that we get ourselves involved in, um, uh, uh, you know, as individuals in the work that we do. Um, so that's what you know. That's why we find it fascinating just to listen to to to, to your uh, prof, um, expertise in this one area. It actually applies in so many other areas, yeah. not just music, but the way you approach it, the way you think about it, mindset to it. Because yeah. because yeah. a lot of people are more on the artist side. I've always found like in my world, like. I'm more on the business side I, and like I'm practical and like I'm so focused on like how to do the business right. And there's a lot of people that are like, I want to be a great artist and mm-hmm. I just want to be that type of person. And it's so interesting for me because I'm like, you can be a great artist, but unfortunately, if you don't have the right person next to you and you're just a great artist, you're nobody. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, like, I realized, like, to be to be a good cerebral person, I have to be good at all these other areas of, like, my life that I probably would have done naturally if I never went into music. Yeah. But because I went into music, it made me emphasize those skills more because I don't think I would have made it without those skills. And that's, and I think that was like the biggest thing for me is like, and I feel like when I tell, tell people stories or like give them like a window into my life, that's the one part that I always go back to. People are so focused on like what the music does for them that I feel like people really overlook how we got there because people don't get me without the business, Mm. you know, because Mm -hmm. if I wasn't good at business, I would never made it. Yeah. You know? Love it. I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. You know, before we finish, uh, tell us how people can contact you. Oh, well, I'm just DJ Dolph, D-O-L-P-H dot uh, com um, or on Instagram. I don't really use social media that much. So or the podcast, the Dolph Experience. And that's that's where you can find me. Or I'm sure you'll see me live in 2021. That's where you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> we hope so. Yeah, right? yeah we do. Come cool. uh, to a TV it, We want the invite. We, we want to do a bit of partying. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to do some fun ones next year. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank well, you very much. That's a wrap. Yes, sir. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Swell Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast, sign up to our newsletter at theswellpod.com, and get in on the conversation through all major socials at The Swell Pod. We'll see you next time.